All right, all right, all right. Welcome to another edition of Shabbat Lounge. This is Matt. And Jake here. And we find ourselves at week 44 in the Torah portions. That's right. So uh, we're going through the Torah portions, and this is, as Matt has said, week 44. So this is Deuteronomy, just getting into Deuteronomy, uh, first three chapters. So, Matt, what do they need to do? Well, dude, first off, Deuteronomy is a pretty awesome book. Yes. And so this yes, is, is one of my favorites. and Mine too. Um, it just is a beautiful piece of literature. Um, the more I look at it, the more uh, beautiful it is. And it's just a, it's really a, a loving memoir of, um, you know, words to, to the people. But we ask that you subscribe as it's showing you over there on, on, the, on the phone. That's right. For those of you that use the iPhone. <laughs> so sorry, Android users. But um, but we do ask that you subscribe and uh, also check out our Torah portions. Where can they find the Torah portions, Jake? That'll be on SabbathLounge.com. And you click on the tab for Torah portions. And uh, it'll have all the Torah portions at your fingertips. It's got scriptures for the Torah, the prophets, the New Testament, as well as a link to videos to our thoughts about it and a handout. Yep. And so this uh, very handout that you're looking at here will yep, be on there. Be there. And then uh, portion 60 seconds will be on there and uh, a cartoon that goes along with the portion uh, from our pal Joshua Myers. Yeah. Check out uh, Joshua Myers uh, website and um, you'll find more. He's got several books that he's written and he's got comic Torah portion and uh, it's great stuff. Yeah, a bunch of series that he has. Yep. All right, so we're at week 40, 44 here, Deuteronomy 1 through three twenty-two. Right. So, again, this is just our high-end view of things that stuck out at us. So go read it for yourself and see what stands out to you. That's right. So we have a lot going on the screen that my computer is like uh, giving me swirlies everywhere. So maybe it'll finally, uh, <laughs> finally make it happen. Wouldn't be here. the first time you got a swirly. Yeah, it wouldn't be. It's been a while though. It's been a minute since you gave me a swirly. So. <laughs> but when it comes to Deuteronomy, so Deuteronomy is also it can be called the words. Yeah. So that's this. Uh, this term in the middle, the Hebrew word in the middle, dabar, right? Is yep. that correct? Yep. So I'll put the strongs in there, and that's basically the root word of it. And if you look at what it means, you know, it means to speak, to talk, to promise. All seems very appropriate for his word. Right. And then there's some other words that come off of dabar. And uh, we'll go to the left. The first one is the B. Which um, Jake is a is a beekeeper. He's fond of the bees. Yep, I like the bees. And so Deborah means bee, and also a lady's name. Yes. So, so when you see Deborah in Scripture, think of the bee. Think of the bee. Think of the word. Definitely a connection between these two concepts. And then the other one is, is debash. Which so is, these are all words connected to debar, which is honey. And so they're all basically the root word. And so it makes sense that the bee and the honey uh, would be connected. Um, so but just a powerful testimony to uh, something that was under our nose um, all along, but we weren't aware of it. Right. So it brings us to the scripture. So 
the words are sweeter than honey. So Jake's going to read Psalm 119, 103 through 105. How sweet the taste of your promise is. It tastes sweeter than honey. From your guiding principles, I gain understanding. That is why I hate every path that leads to lying. Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path. So it's the word is sweeter than honey. Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things that um, we've been praying a lot in our group is that um, that our children and our grandchildren and uh, just all the kids and families that we know that people will desire God's word and they will find his word sweeter than honey. Because right now there's a lot of people that the world seems sweeter than honey, but Jake, it's not. It is not. No, it's uh, it's more like sewer. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, many people consume it the way, you know, normal people might pursue honey or God's word. Right. So, and so we're hoping more people will understand that, uh, that his words are sweet and the world is sewer. That's right. Straight to the sewer. Truer right. words have not been spoken. No. Yeah. So, uh, John one, one through five also fits here. And I, I know that, um, Jake, I don't know if you've ever had someone uh, have this experience, but I had someone tell me that uh, I that I couldn't say that Yeshua was the Word. That's weird. It was weird, and he was not a Torah keeper, but that uh, that concept offended him greatly, and he got real upset by that. And I'm like, uh, that's what Scripture says. Yeah, and I think uh, you know from my experience. I found out that a lot of the things I learned in church, my church friends just completely forgot once I came to Torah because <laughs> I just bring up church concepts to them and they would, uh, that ain't right, you know. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, it's like, that's funny because I got it from church. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, Jake's going to read John 1, 1 through 5, and this comes from, I believe, the Nog translation. So feel free to use whatever translation you like except NIV. In the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with Elohim, and the word was Elohim. He was already with Elohim in the beginning. Everything came into existence through him. Not one thing that exists was made without him. He was the source of life, and that that life was the light for humanity. The light shines in the dark, and the dark has never extinguished it. All right, there you go. So you get both those concepts that we read about already. You get to... uh, that it's uh, sweet, it's life, it's light, right? Yeah, yeah, all there. So pulls it back together. So definitely he's talking about Yeshua, and uh, he's the light of the world, Mm -hmm. and uh, he was there all along. So proof text for that. So um, powerful scripture. Yeah, and uh, just real quick, this is kind of an aside, but uh, this is – one of the like main sections of scripture to me that points out how important uh, the distinguish the, the the yeah distinguishing between the word God and the word Elohim mm. it becomes very important when you kind of look at this this section. So. Yeah, yeah, very good. Yeah, and I think I chose the nog because usually it does at least translate those nicely for you, but it didn't this time. Yeah, sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. We all know. We get it. 
So Jake, this map isn't perfect, but I found it online and I borrowed it and put it in here. And the part I don't like that I don't think is accurate, if you can see this, it's um, where it puts Mount Sinai because uh, it puts it in between the peace sign. That's right. Of the Red Sea. That's right. Uh, good observation. Or the bunny ears. Mm-hmm. Um, they're unclean though. Um, so the Mount Sinai location, Constantine's mother or something, just kind of picked that out. So that I don't believe that's the real Mount Sinai, but that's what most maps believe everything is probably shifted over to the right a little bit. Right. On but these the, places. But why don't you tell them the point? The concept is showing you that they are east of the Jordan. Right. And uh, Moses is going to soon go up on Mount Nebo and look over the promised land one last time and not get to go in it and uh so just showing this is kind of this is where they cross the jordan and kind of where they come in to the right. land because um and they have that part right on the map yeah and it's just kind of funny because when you read through it at least for me every time i would read through it i'm like okay egypt over here and then they went to the east and walked into the promised land but that's not how it worked they yeah. walked all around and then came in from the east Mm -hmm. which is an odd way to come in it is but if you think about you know they headed over here and then they were going to go straight up into the promised land you know maybe you know maybe that was the plan always was to come here because we did a series about uh, ebal and gerizim and that kind of is the gateway that they walk through yeah and i think uh it was always meant for them to come in from the east and Mm -hmm. because in uh revelation right the yeah. messiah comes enters into the city mm-hmm. from the east and i think that's grandma said that. that you had to be buried planted in the ground facing east that's right so when you rose up you would be pointing to yeah i've heard right. that but i don't think it matters yeah there's no scripture for that yeah and i told her that i was like <laughs> show me that in scripture she's yeah. like well he's coming from the east i was like i don't think it matters and she just showed you a bunch of drone footage of of cemeteries all lined up facing east. Yes, right? no, they're not all no, <laughs> that way. Some of them are. Yeah, some. And you probably, your grandma probably didn't have drones. No, didn't okay. have a drone. Okay. This is great grandma. So they're in uh, 9 through 11, they're reminded about the promise of who they are. They're just kind of re-given that and it's rehashed. Right. And then uh, the next one in verse 15, these kind of hit pretty quick. So they're kind of on the same page here. But uh, similar to deacon qualifications, he kind of goes into leaders, uh, pulling out the leadership and meeting with them. Uh, And as we've stated on this channel many times, um, if Moses is picking the leaders uh, with his relationship with Yah, he's kind of going through Yah to get these inspirations and usually they would have a strategic or a qualification you know something about their family is is quality mm-hmm. before he's picking them and yeah you can you can argue it doesn't explicitly say those details but just i think you got to use a little common sense and and he gave us a brain and common sense and there's no way Moses picked you know, lazy bones, terrible dad dudes to <laughs> to run these things. Yeah. I mean, it's, it just it wouldn't make any sense. It's implicit, not explicit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
And then the next one is that this is where we find out Yah is not a respecter of persons. Yeah. Verse 17, which is, I mean, when you look at our justice system today, I mean, it's quite the opposite of the way we do things. Yeah. Well, and even look at what happens to Moses. I mean, you know, he didn't get to go to the promised land. And I mean, that's Moses. Yeah. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter what his name was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he still did something he wasn't supposed to do. Yeah. And this is a good point to make with people too when you talk about um, the Torah being done away with because now he's he's putting a different standard on someone before a certain time and then someone after a certain time he applies a different standard. So it's it's a respecter of persons argument at mm -hmm. that point. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Well, moving along here, he tells them in verse 21 to possess the land. So Jake, today, what what do you think that means for us? What do we possess? Um, our minds and take captive every thought, I think is a, a good summation of that. Because, yeah, you can make an, uh, an argument that that's the land, um, you know, especially in today's world. I think this is becoming increasingly important because you could relate to your your uh, what you view and how you spend your time because that affects your mind for yeah. sure. Yeah. And um, and you think about children, you know, that's one thing I can really appreciate about my my oldest son and uh, my daughter-in-law who are raising my grandchild uh, and trying to keep his little eyes from TV screen. And, you know, that's so hard to do because, I mean, if you use the phone near him, I mean, his little eyes light up to that. And it's like, what? He, he doesn't even know what it is, but yet he does. Yeah. Because he's seen all the people in his world interact with this device and it lights up. Yeah. And uh, it gets his attention and he wants to see it, but they try to, you know, and so much research says, you know, little kids don't need to see screens and, and, um, and just look at the effect that, uh, this possessing your mind is, is had on the adults, you know, go anywhere and you'll see how many people are on their device. Just fixated the just, screens all just, the time. Yeah. Just normal everyday life. Yeah. And how they want to, increase that it's it's designed that way on purpose yeah yeah it's kind of frightening so but this is definitely an active active thing that you have to do and it's uh, ongoing right the gift is given you have to take possession of the gift so it's not greasy grace it's not very greasy no i guess, <laughs> I guess. yeah this is definitely uh you know and some people want, just want to camp out on like and just harp on it's it's free, free you don't gift. have to do anything it's a free gift you don't have to do anything and yes we we are not saying you can earn your salvation that's foolish and uh no we're not saying that but we are saying there is a uh, there's always to, a you part yeah you have to take possession of it yeah. and own it you have to own it yeah 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 he totally you know gave them the land but then they they had to to maintain it yeah he won the victory but yeah. they all still had to go in and do it yeah 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 he couldn't otherwise then they just would be like living on the government <laughs> right. you know if and he, that's not what he wanted he didn't want to have to constantly you know hand feed them though although 
a cloud over you in the you know on a hot sunny day and manna. you know a nice little night light and manna you know and doesn't sound too bad yeah. but the manna <laughs> was an encouragement for them to go after more than just manna <laughs> yeah yeah the manna sustained them but it wasn't there to uh you know, exponentially grow them. Yeah. It, yeah. You, when you compare manna to say a loaf of fresh baked bread, it's not the same. Yeah. So, but anyway, didn't mean to rabbit trail. So he talks a little bit about the promised land and we've established in a recent one about how he didn't need the spies. Right. I think Yah can see everything without our eyes. Right. Mm hmm. And so he, he had already gone before him. And um, I mean, this victory was already won. And uh, they snatched, was it snatching defeat out of victory? Out of the jaws of victory. Yeah. That's pretty much what they did. You know, they, they totally had won it. And they were absolutely blind to his Torah. They were absolutely blind to his words. You know, they forgot or didn't know that um, what he said and who he was, you know, that just was terrible. Yeah. All right. And then in verse 23, you get this line that basically where Moses is kind of like, you know, when the spies, when they suggested the spies to me, it seemed like a good idea at the time. And then it turned out not to be such a great idea. Yeah. And in verse 33, it talks about how Yah went before them, scouted it out, he, he knew their path. He knew their campsites. He basically had it all figured out, and it was easy peasy. Yeah. But um, they were dumb. <laughs> but it's easy to pick on them, but we are them too. Yeah, we are. We could uh, say that we are just as dumb. Very easy. So Yah gives the land. He's the great land giver. The great land giver. Yes, he provides the land, uh, and it wasn't... Uh, uh, you know, Abraham never saw the fulfillment of this promise, and yet the promise is, is given anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So then we come to this interesting piece of scripture of 2.5 and 2.9. You, you see him talking about Esau and the Moabites, uh, which are Lot's descendants. And talks about how they're afraid of the Israelites. And so, you know, this is another instance where, you know, he, he's already given them the victory. And they've already, word has spread. And they're like, oh, man, we don't want to mess with them. Yeah, yeah. he's uh, spread out the um, reputation of the Israelites and, uh, you know, their name to all these tribes around them. So that they'll be able to go in and take them. Yeah, you talk about a cakewalk. I mean, he like set them up, made this think, easy. I think it's interesting too to kind of think of like how that's applicable to us where um, if we might be afraid to to confront some kind of evil in that we're seeing, um, a lot of times it's because we're afraid of judgment on us mm, from yeah. the, from that other side of things or that other person or group of people or, or they're gonna, you know, cancel us on the social networks mm -hmm. and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But it's like, why do you care what they think? 
Yeah. They're, they're, opinion is of no importance to you because Yah has already given you the victory and you just walk out the truth and that's that's your that's your point that's your uh you know task that you've been given and whether they want to follow that or not that's up to them yeah yeah that's good oh and then the point where they were given land oh yeah you saw in the moabites were were given land by Yah so, um, yeah, it's kind of interesting, isn't it? Yeah. Cause we tend to have a pretty bad connotation about both of these groups of people because there is a scripture that said Esau, Esau I hated right? Jacob. I loved Esau I hated. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, but he, yet he took care of them and gave them land. Yeah. And we know about the descendants of Lot and how that came about. Yeah. Yeah. And if you don't look it up, it's, it's kind of, uh, is it R rated or maybe? <laughs> Something it's an like R-rated that. faith for yes. sure. Yeah. Oh, uh, so why do you think that they were uh, uh, given this kind of uh, blessing, if you will? Well, I think it's uh, people connected to Abraham and Abraham's faith. And there's a scripture about uh, he will bless the generation, a thousand generations for your faithfulness. And um, I think that they're, they're blessed because they were connected to Abraham. Yeah, a big part of it. They're kind of riding the coattails. Yeah, yeah. Which shows you something about your faith and how important it is. Yeah, and it affects the blessing the that people can, that you will never even meet yeah. down in your lineage. Yeah. So in two five, they get reminded of being smoked. Don't want to be smote. No. Uh, they, there's a lot of this reminding of being smote, uh, and then there's a lot of smoting. Yes. So yes. it's always good to be reminded. Yes. Yes. You, you want to be reminded with words and not with action on this one. Yeah. And then in 25, I'm not sure which chapter it came out of. Probably 20, chapter 2, probably. probably two. Today I will start to make all the people under heaven terrified of you. When they hear about you, they will tremble and shake because of you. Right, so that's kind of what we talked about with uh, Esau and the Moabites and um, and all the tribes around them. Yeah, that they already had this victory before they ever started. So let me pass through thy land. I will go along by the highway. I will neither turn unto the right hand nor to the left. So this is verse 27. And this reminds me of two things. The first thing, there is a, a music ministry out there called Left and Right Ministries, and I encourage you to check them out. This is where they get their name, and it's a beautiful passage. And it also reminds me of there's a time when Yeshua set his face to Jerusalem. And, um, you know, basically he, he could not be deterred to the right or left. You know, he was on a mission uh, to go. And, um, yeah, this, this is, a this is powerful, uh, for sure. Yeah. And this is our faith walk where we should not turn to the left or to the right. Yep. So he's preparing his bride to enter into the rest of the promised land. Um, he had to rid her of her impurities before crossing over. So it's kind of back uh, what we talked about recently where we talked about how, 
they leave Egypt, which also can represent your dim perception, and they leave the dim perception of Egypt basically to go into Babylon, and then they have to cleanse themselves of that. And uh, it meant that what happened in the desert, how did they cleanse themselves of this? Uh, they wandered around for 40 years. Well, and a bunch of them had to die. It's yeah. like let the bodies hit the floor. I mean, yeah. they, you know, they, all the bodies hit the floor and, and that died. Was, that was of their own making. And that, yeah. was, that was the Babylon of their own making, basically. Yeah, yeah. It was that scripture of the heart. The heart is deceitful above all things. Mm-hmm. And that's what got him in trouble. There, was, I don't think there was a Satan uh, hiding under every bush, going here. Look at this. Do this. Come, come on, guys. He didn't even have to. Yeah, I that think uh, wasn't too, necessary. I think too many times we ascribe uh, evil deeds to Satan, whereas uh, there's a flesh element. There's sinful flesh and stuff that we just do because we're sinful. Um, and don't necessarily need the prodding of Satan to do them. Yeah, and, and I would say that also, so we've got this concept of there's going to be a time when the commandments are written on your heart, right? We're familiar with that. Right. And I believe that all along, he's been wanting to write on your heart. But these people, their hearts were so hard that, you know, he like tries to put the pencil on and it's like, it breaks the lead every time. You know, I mean, it just is impossible because their hearts were so hard. And so this new covenant language of writing the Torah on your heart is actually a thing that's happening now. I don't necessarily believe it's, I mean, I do think there's going to come a time when it's going to be different, but, but he wants us to be working on that right now and, and working on our hearts so that he can write it on our hearts. So right. that our hearts are soft as vellum <laughs> so that he can do his work and do that. Yeah. I think, uh, you know, it's hard to claim the words are written on your heart if you have a hard heart. Yeah, no, you can't. These people clearly did not have that. And and once he, you know, some of us, we've got to go through trials and testing and and all of those things. It's, it's frustrating and it's not what you want to go through. But sometimes that is necessary for you to develop into the person that you're going to be. Right. None of us want to hear that, though. Yeah, that's the, the preparation of the bride, right? It's, yeah. Uh, and we see this. It's funny because you you can see the whole story taking place between Egypt and the promised land. And it's the same story we're living out. So um, we're in this period of preparation of the bride also. And it's that idea of uh, being refined like silver. Right. And uh, silver has to be melted down and all the impurities boiled out of it. And so that's kind of the process uh, that we're going through. And we, um, you know, we have to be purified. So, but it is a beautiful analogy and uh, we encourage you to study out wedding language and bridal language and uh, look at people like Michael Oman. And he has some great information about the, the wedding. And uh, we have some things that we've done with him on our channel as well, but, uh, but just powerful, a powerful analogy of us and the bride. So, uh, yeah, this is interesting, too. They crossed over um, at Passover from Egypt. <clears throat> that was the first crossing of the Red Sea. 
expand, <clears throat> you know, then again into the promised land. So just like us, you and I have to leave this dark, dim perception, which is Mitzurim or Egypt. And so that's what that represented. We have to leave that perception behind us as we leave Babylon. Right. And now they're coming into the land again, and it's at Passover time that they're doing that. Yeah. Yeah. And it is kind of that, like we talked about, this complicated thing because they're in a version of Babylon and they leave and, you know, it's their hearts that lead them astray and they have to get right before they get into the promised land. Yeah, they're kind of uh, removing all the leaven before they go into the land. So then uh, you must rid yourself from Babylon, clean your temple of the leaven before entering into the place prepared. How well-timed. Yeah. It's like you knew, you read ahead. Yeah, I was there. And once again, we see Moses is a warrior in chapter three. And, um, you know, you see him uh, battling the watchers in verse nine at Mount Hermon. He's the OG. The OG Og. Yeah, so uh, this yeah, is battling something... Og the giant. And so that's, uh, we'll talk about him in just a second. Yeah, I think that's something that's, it's interesting that, church never at least my church growing up churches growing up never really spent time on things like oh there's uh, these nephilim by the way oh and uh, there's this og character by the way oh and there's this uh, yeah goliath was the the one giant yeah no other <laughs> giants ever happened yeah it's just kind of weird yeah yeah well and then unfortunately so many people try to justify evolution and explain some of these things away through a lens of evolution and they kind of lose sight of his word and what he actually said. Yeah. Trying to blend it with what man has said. And I'm going to tell you right now, man lies. No. Yeah. Yeah, he does. And uh, some people haven't figured that out yet, but you need to figure that out. So anyway. Then we go to Mr. Rob Skiba. May he rest in peace. And so Rob Skiba has a great uh, thing on uh, Mount Hermon and the Roswell collect connection. And uh, this in the PDF, this should link to it. And uh, he does a great job of explaining, explaining that. So, yeah, very interesting stuff. associated with Azazel, and you have no clue who Azazel is unless you have an understanding of of some of these other uh, texts, and yeah. This is where they landed at Google Earth. I love playing with Google Earth. When the 200 angels came down to Earth, this is where they landed. This is Mount Hermon in southern Lebanon, Hmm. which is just kind of at at the very top. That's what no, we just we're kinda, talking about, isn't it? Pretty yeah. wild about this is as you zoom out, keep that spot right there in your view. Maybe it's just my imagination, but I was like, hey, that's kind of weird. <laughs> that's where they landed hmm. in the days of Jared. That's now, interesting. there's a guy yeah. by the name of David Flynn who's done some extraordinary so, research yeah, you guys can, on uh, this. Check that and out. There's a picture of, of Mount Hermon today. So, in the picture of Mount Hermon, yeah. Um, but yes, uh, may Rob Skiba uh, rest in peace. And, uh, you know, he, he did some great things about all that. Um, anyway, so, so check, check that it out. out. 
All right, so that kind of comes to the end of week yeah, 44. That's week 44. Um, so something that we had discussed uh, before we close out here, um, you know, just in our group that we had mentioned was how um, it takes a, uh, and you've probably heard this phrase, but phrasing before, but um, takes Moses, Moses gets them uh, through the wilderness but then it takes Yeshua to get them into the promised land. Um, and that's the same with us. I mean, uh, Matt brought it up earlier, you know, the, the whole uh, works-based salvation situation. You know, it, w- it was Yeshua that gets them in. Um, so you see them come out of the wilderness or out of Egypt and then learn Torah. And then uh, here in... Uh, then they mess it up and they wander in the wilderness for 40 years. And then there has to be this reset of, no, this is how it goes. And that's basically what Deuteronomy is as we're getting into mm-hmm. Deuteronomy. It's a reset of this is what you guys just went through. Uh, this is uh, These are the commands. And you need to go into the land, take possession of it, and follow these commands. And so it's this reset with Yeshua and that's when, uh, uh, when the Messiah comes, Yeshua, he does the same thing. He resets it. He goes, okay, you guys have been going crazy for a long time. I'm resetting it. Follow Yah and not man. And that's what he came and told us. So I just think that's it. That's what Deuteronomy is. It's a resetting of, of following Yah's ways and not man's ways. Yeah, that's well said. That's a good place to end it, I think, Jake. Yeah. So this uh, comes to the end of week 44. We ask that you subscribe, you share this, give us a comment, a like, uh, tell us you're out there. Yep. Otherwise, we have no idea. We'll never know. We'll never know. And uh, please check out our website that has Torah portions on it as well. It might be useful if you have a, a, a Bible study group or a a Torah study group at home. And uh, we encourage you to, most importantly, read your Bible. Read your Bible. Go read it for yourself. And uh, this is Matt. And Jake. Signing out.